How you doing? My name is Luke Search. I'm Scott Minema. <laughs> Today we uh, we want to look at uh, the subject of gossip. Have did you hear about <laughs> what? Did you hear what John Such did? Uh, I didn't hear. <laughs> I didn't hear. Do I want to hear? No. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, I, I thought this would be a great topic because the thing that I've uh, the older I I grow, I just think this is a uh, a problem that plagues the church. Mm. Um, it plagues every believer to one degree or another. It's pr- the you know it's part of the the problem of sin, the noetic defect of sin, and you know how we think about ourselves, how we think about others, the heart of superiority. I think all of that is is, is gossip. So, so we're going to talk today about gossip. We're going to we're try to define it and uh, and then just kind of see where it goes. Sure. All right. So where do we begin? When you go to define it, what what types of things, what markers show up for you? Because it's somewhat nebulous at, yeah. at a or it can be. There, there's gray on some edges where you have to go. I, it takes some wisdom. And if it's not gray, my heart can make it gray well, really that's quick. Absolutely true. Yes. <laughs> yes. So why don't we start with this and uh, as a definition, and you can uh, you can tell me what you think. How about we define it this way: sharing personal information about another uh, with those who are not part of the problem or part of the solution. And I'll say it again: sharing personal information about another with others or with someone who is not part of the problem or not part of the solution. Uh, that sounds, That's kind of our working definition. That sounds pretty comprehensive. I, yeah, I like it. You know, and go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I was wondering if there should be something uh, related to motivation in there, but probably not. Um, motivation may open another category of sin that may go along with it. So for the purpose of slander, for yeah. instance— or uh, as a means to revenge, I find a lot of times somebody shares information. Well, did you hear? You know, and, and what they did to me. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh, you're you're actually trying to lessen their standing in a social community. It, you're you're being vengeful. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're right, and I mean, any conversation of gossip at some point we got to deal with the heart. We got to deal with the motive because there's always a heart and motive, and God's more concerned about the. Inward than he is the outward. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we're we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to go there. But you know, when, when we think about this, I would argue that when we when we gossip, we're really attacking a person who's made in the image of God. And I mean, God's a God of grace and mercy, and He seeks to protect those He loves. And and so when I'm in a real way, when I'm gossiping about someone else, I'm being the very opposite of of God, I'm not looking to protect them. I'm looking to expose them. I I, I could argue I, I I'm I'm functioning more like the evil one in Job, mm-hmm. the accuser, the one who's looking to expose, than I am like God who seeks to cover and protect. Those are big theological ideas. We don't have time to unpack, right. but um, but I'd argue that gossip is is clearly sinful. Um, there's a just a whole lot of passages that deal with the sinfulness of gossip. Yeah, I, I think it's and it's one of the trickier ones for us. I, I think, I just pulled it up real quick, and it's not incredibly clear from the, I mean, I'm trying, from memory, I think it's one of Jerry Bridges' respectable sins, mm. right? It's it's one of those things that were like, for, for whatever reason, whether it's cultural, whether it's uh, just just the slant of our heart, it's one of those things that we tolerate more than others, right? Yeah. And so we have an, a 
bigger issue already that we're playing at a disadvantage. The court is slanted towards us to where we're able to make room for this way more than some other things to where you're like, okay, well, outright theft, we don't have a like, well, you know, it's okay. You know, like, or uh, assault. So you go, no, no, I, I see very, very clear. But for, for whatever reason, um, and, and maybe that'd be worth teasing out some other time, but gossip is one that we go, well, you know, I, they need to know. Or, yeah. or I, it's okay for me to share because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually, but yeah, a lot of times it's kind of veiled in a, uh, in a prayer request. Ooh. <laughs> so. Gotta love it. But just, you know, just some passages. I, I, I yeah. don't want to just assume, uh, I, I, you know, I, I hope someone's listening to this going, I don't know if I agree with you. I'm not sure that, you know, this is wrong. Well, Romans one twenty nine. um, Paul's talking about being filled with all unrighteousness, and he goes on, he talks about wickedness and greed and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. And then he sums it, he says, they are gossips. Um, 2 Timothy 3.3, he's giving a list, and he's talking about being unloving, uh, irreconcilable, and malicious gossips without self-control. And uh, Paul dealt with it in 2 Corinthians. you know, Proverbs talks about how gossip spreads contention. Uh, Proverbs 26, 20 says, For the lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Mm. And, you know, Proverbs has so much to say about it. it uh, Proverbs 26, uh, or Proverbs 18, 8, talks about how gossip tastes good to those who receive it. The words of the whisperer, it says, are like dainty morsels. Um, but the second part of that, of uh, verse eight of Proverbs 18 talks about how gossip does long-term damage as they go into the innermost parts of the body. Hmm. Yeah. When I, when I think about that, I mean, there's obviously a sinful component to this. Um, but one that I think we, we just, we, we don't land on as much as the, the, uh, consequences of it in terms of building relationship with other, like it, it's really hard for someone to trust you after they've heard you gossip about somebody else, right? Like, like you are now, whether or not we like, you know, put the sign above you or not, you're in their mind, like, don't tell them when I, when I'm actually struggling with something, because I know they're going to tell someone else. Yeah. Right. And, and I can go scripture there as well on, on Proverbs eleven thirteen. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps things covered. You're like, oh, there you go. I want to be one of those people. See, I, there's that idea of covered again, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I want to be one of those trustworthy folks who someone's able to, to look at and say, man, my brokenness is safe here. Yeah. Proverbs, again, Proverbs is just a gold mine with regards to dealing with this idea of gossip. But Proverbs 20, 19, he who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. Hmm. Um, I, I don't... Right, so you just, you diminish your capacity to be a minister of the gospel yeah. by being a gossip. Like, that's no small deal, right? It's not like, oh, well, it's just a story. No, no, no. You are less effective and your goal to glorify God the more that you gossip. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you touching, you mentioned relationships. At, if you just boil it down, it's destructive relationally. Mm. It's destructive to mm. my immediate relationships, potentially destructive to my future relationships. It actually, again, this is the insanity of sin, but it actually 
works against, it, it's contrary to the very thing that I'm hoping to gain. I'm hoping to gain, as I, yeah, as I talk about other people, I, in my mind, I'm thinking people are going to be drawn to me. And at the end of the day, what it does, like all sudden, it tends to repel, mm. uh, repel others. Mm. It, you know, and, and again, I don't, um, I think this is, I'll say it again, I said it earlier, I think this is a problem that plagues the church, men and women, yeah. both. But I will say that Scripture seems to emphasize women. So this isn't, I'm not saying this, sure. I'm saying the Bible's saying this. So, But Titus 2.3 says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine teaching what is good. First Timothy deals with it in chapter 3 and chapter 5 as it, as it relates to, to women. So but, two quick things when yeah. I hear you talk. Uh, so a few years ago, I had a sermon on Mother's Day, and uh, Barb Dussault, shout out if Barb's listening, she said before, and she's like, don't go easy on the women. She's like, they, the dads always get a, a confrontational thing on father. You need to you need to be better. Than, and they're always too easy on the women. So I appreciate you saying, hey, this is what our Bible has to say. Don't try to skirt around it because our culture doesn't like the idea of the you or the Bible more pointedly, critiquing what is a, a struggle point for for women. That's just there's a reality. Yeah. So there's that. The second thing, I, lo- I love that image of it being destructive. Like if we could, if you could think about your words, right? If you could like have this, this like thought bubble that appears above you and think about, did my words just lay a brick or did it take a sledgehammer to the brick wall? Like which one did I just do? Did, did I build something up? Did I just absolutely weaken and destroy? And man, if we, if I was That's, able to keep that image in my mind, it would be so helpful. Well, and there's a, <laughs> there's a verse that goes with what you just said, right? <laughs> oh, is there? The Proverbs, Proverbs 18, life and death are in the power of the tongue, mm. and those who eat it will love its fruit. In other words, mm. if you if you use words that build up, you're going to experience the fruit of that. If you you if your words tear down, you're going to experience the fruit of that. Either way, you're going to reap what you sow. And and just like in life, it is so easy to tear down. Ugh, it, yeah. it takes nothing, right? You, like, and and think about it, it. It's fascinating when you sit down to talk with somebody. Um, and you'll talk about formative moments in their lives, how one throwaway comment can linger with somebody for decades, how one really negative thing um, can just cut deep. Now, I'm not trying to say always beware, like just don't talk. If you start to think about that too long, you're going to be like, I'm just never going to talk because I'm too terrified. That being said, um, be really careful with your words. Yeah. Be really careful because it can stick with somebody. Yeah, Ephesians 4 really spells it out, I think, again, really clearly that gossip is really a form of corrupt speech. And Ephesians 4, 29, I memorized this a long time ago because I have a problem with corrupt mm-hmm. speech. It says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. I, I, I think this is probably in the New King James. Not but, a lot of wiggle room on that right away. No right? unwholesome words. I yeah. mean, you could just... There's a mic drop right yeah, there. Done. Okay. But but let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth except that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. That does sound new, King James. Yeah. That which is good for necessary edification. A lot but, of syllables in there. <clears throat> but again, it's um we want we want to in our 
in our speech. We want to be imparting grace. We mm. want to be, well, Proverbs 18, um, giving word, you know, our words that uh, build up and that don't tear down. But you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the gray in some of this, because yeah. some of this, you know, isn't necessarily always clear. So, so how do we define the gray? Yeah, when it's not obvious, what are some questions I can ask myself? How can I maybe yeah. do some self-diagnosing um, well, to figure out if, if this is gossip or not? Um, so we haven't compared notes yet, and I I don't have any notes, so <laughs> nothing <laughs> so, to compare. <laughs> yes, yeah, very very clear. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm taking one away from you or not. But the first thing that comes to my head when I think about that is uh, the aspect of your definition that was sharing information with others that is unnecessary. Someone who's not involved in the problem or the solution. So I think of Matthew 18. Yeah. And so I immediately go, all right, it to try and cut through the gray. period, portion to say, is this black or white? At some level, I go, did I already go and talk with the person that I need to talk with? Yeah, And that's a, that's a very easy a like, place first to step yeah. to go, all right, if I've not spoken to them, I need to talk to no other people until that step has been completed. Because that's where my issue is. I was hurt, or they did something wrong, or wh- whatever it may be. We need to be very, very straight with each other and then if things go wrong, I'm biblically allowed to bring someone else who's wise into that to help resolve. But if I haven't done that, like that's my first check. I'm like, it's yeah. just easy one. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Go talk to him. It's great. I, I think um, even we mentioned Ephesians 4.29, just asking the question, is what I'm saying edifying, encouraging, yep. and uplifting? Mm-hmm. Is, is it... Um, Another question, do I have permission to mm. share what I know? Um, how about, you know, again, and there's passages for every one of these. Will someone be hurt by what I'm sharing? Um, is it, in other words, is it necessary that I share this? Is it useful or profitable or, or beneficial? I have 1 Corinthians 6, 12 there in mind. Um, we could say, is it, I ask myself, is it consistent with what the Bible says that I should do? Going back to the first point you made, is yeah. it consistent with Matthew 18? Yeah. Um, will, it, will it spread the gospel to unbelievers? Will it help my testimony? Mm. Will it lay a strong foundation uh, for personal evangelism? Is it, is it building somebody up in Christ? Sure. Or is it tearing somebody else down? Yeah, I think about... Uh, so on both sides of that, uh, is it profitable for the gospel? Does it build someone up in Christ? And and those are really two sides of the same coin, but I, I can think of it in terms of, let's say, out in the world with non-believers, what, what sort of uh, witness are you offering to the life change that comes with being in Christ if you are just gossiping your way through the workplace? Yeah. Are you... Uh, producing a a view of the redeemed that is unbecoming. Again, are, are you minimizing the opportunity for the gospel by the way that you are struggling to hold your tongue? So th- there is a outreach aspect to that, but there's also a, a building up an edification of the body on the other side of that coin. Are you caring for the believers? Are you bearing their burdens? Are you loving one another as Christ loved you? Or are you... I've got something to tell, you know, who doesn't, 
who doesn't love the opportunity to get to share some news with someone else? Like I, I know they've shared it with me. I'm one of their confidentiality uh, people who they're willing to share that sort of information with. And man, there's uh, on both sides of that, you are again projecting the gospel out to the world. You are building up in the the church inside, and it, it's just so important. It's it's too easy for us to tear down. It's too easy for us to get that uh, verbal junk food. I don't know if that's yeah. the right way to, you right? It, it's like empty calories. It, it's like there's no nutritional value to it, but it's so easy to, to fall into. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, that's a good word. It, you know, even as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, in what I'm getting ready to say, who, now we're kind of opening the door to the heart issue, but who's being glorified in this? Hmm. Who's being glorified? In, in, in other words, is this some crazy secret way to glorify myself? I mean, in this conversation, am I, again, it goes back to me, am I looking to glorify myself? I could ask it a different way. How is this glorifying God? Yeah. How is this making much of Him? How is this pointing others to Him? Or am I pointing people back to to me? Well, yeah, this is interesting because as you're speaking, there's an assumption in there that you actually think about what you say. Mm. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. you're like, well, does this glorify God? Well, for, for that thought to happen means you have to pause. And, and I mean, I say this as someone who's probably just as guilty of this indictment frequently. Like, maybe I need to speak slower. Maybe I need to just, mm. put, uh, in the words of Briscoe Darlin, put my square wheels on and drive a little bit slower and and think about what I'm saying to, to be able to have time to actually run through that sort of grid. I have to have the well, and here we get to another virtue. I have to have the self control to hold my tongue until I've gone. Is this edifying? Mm. Is this just for me? Mm-hmm. Does this bring God glory? Is this necessary? And I I think personally, I fail before I even get to the questions because I didn't stop to ask the questions. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, and oftentimes when I'm functioning in the flesh, that's a, that's a good, if I'm going to self-diagnose, that's a good sign I'm operating in the flesh because I haven't mm. stopped to think. I haven't taken that thought captive and, yeah. and yeah, absolutely. filtered it through Scripture and the Word of God and who am I glorifying. So, yeah, that's, that's good. I think, you know, again, just self-evaluating questions is, is what I'm saying or what I said or what I'm getting ready to say is it honoring to the person or is it bringing dishonor? Mm-hmm. Am I bringing honor to the person or am I bringing dishonor to the person? If I'm bringing dishonor to the person, I probably should keep my mouth shut. All right. So you teased this earlier. How do I filter all that through with prayer requests, which is, I know, a very niche specific element, um, but we're talking about this in, in the context of the church for Christians, and we say, hey, this is a, for whatever reason, a time that we uh, too frequently find that we're w- able to, or willing to share something that we maybe shouldn't. So how do I fit all of what we're talking about here, the biblical wisdom on gossip, on information, and how do we fit that into how do we ask for prayer in a way that does not violate our biblical wisdom here. Well, maybe maybe an example, just using examples sure. would be Great. the easy way Great. to answer that, right? So 
um, here would be an example of, of gossip. Um, please pray for my mother-in-law. She broke her hip this week. And she, you know, she's just got such a tendency to worry and complain about my fa- how my father-in-law is having such a hard time dealing with her. That there's, there's gossip laced throughout that. Maybe a better way to genuinely ask for a prayer request is just say, please pray for my mother-in-law. She broke her hip this week and pray for my father-in-law as he cares for her. You know, there, so there has in that, just in the difference between those two, there's a covering that's, that's going on to protect um, the, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Hmm. And, uh, and, and so, and maybe another example would be, you know, Hey um, guys, uh, we'll use a guy example. Please pray for my relationship with my, with my wife. Um, I've been, you know, I've been having a hard time uh, with her, the way she parents and with her work schedule. And, you know, she just, she just really struggles with the kids. She loses her, her temper. And I, you know, I'm feeling neglected and I I don't know what to do to help her. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's affecting, it's affecting our family. It's affecting, again, way too much gossip. I, I think even in some ways, if, if in that, if I'm sharing that, I've got to look at my own heart and go, what am I doing here? Am I trying to build Team Scott? Mm-hmm. Or am I really looking for for help, you know, and, and asking my brothers to pray for my wife? So maybe yeah. a better way to say that would be, please pray for me to respond well as I work through some difficulties at home. And so the focus is I'm not throwing somebody else under the bus. I'm not exposing somebody else's sin. I'm just because I don't have control over that. What I'm, I'm asking for help on how I respond to my situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, it's it's a thin line to walk, mm-hmm. and I, like I said, I think there's like wisdom required there. But right, like in both of the, the examples that you gave, like as soon as I start openly talking about someone else's sin, I'm like, okay, that's a that's an immediate like mark for me. Mm-hmm. Go. Wait a minute. Do I have? Do I need to do that again? This like assumes that you're able to stop and think through, <laughs> which it and and at least uh, maybe we're able to say for those of us who struggle with that sort of self control, one work on it, but two, can you at least in retrospect, may, maybe you weren't able to stop yourself, but could you go back and say, all right, what prayer request did I share? Did I give any information that I shouldn't have? At least being able to name it and identify it is, is helpful yeah. so that the next time when I get to that spot where they go, hey, does anybody have any prayer requests? I think, wait a minute. Okay, I, I, I reflected on this earlier. I think I've done this poorly. Be careful, right? It's it's like a, an intersection where you've seen someone blow a red light. The next time you come up to that intersection, you are a little more cautious. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, oh, wait, wait, there's a chance here that danger is coming, I'm going to make sure that I slow down. Mm. Yeah. I, I think maybe just marking some of those internally helps, at least for me, and it would help me find a way to go, all right, let's, let me pause. Oh, I, I need to think. I need to think here. The And maybe as we begin to think about wrapping this up, I one of the things I appreciate about Headwaters is on so many levels, the unity that exists here. And so I don't want to, I don't want to minimize the, yep. the unity that we see at all different levels within our congregation at, at the elder level, at staff level. And 
there's nothing that is more disruptive to unity at any level or causing of disunity at any level, any relationship than this issue of gossip. And that's why it's just, I think it's good and helpful for me to be reminding myself of just how easily this begins to slip in, mm. which this this is a good segue into maybe just some of the resources. What are some good resources or books, you know? And, and I, what I've really been helped by was, this is a book from a number of years ago. Paul Triple wrote a book called War of Words. Okay. I think it's probably the single best book I've ever read just on the stewardship, the idea of stewarding our words. And he talks about it from a creation standpoint. You know, God didn't have to create us with language. It's part of being created in his image, but we're stewards of the words we've been given. And, and we're using those words to either build up or to tear down. And uh, so that's a good one. Um, I think um, another one is Words That Hurt, Words That Heal from a, a gal named Carol Mayhall. Um, really, really good book. Do you have any you'd, you'd I, add to I, that? Yeah, I, I was trying to think through. Um, I, I don't know that I have any specifically on this topic. Um, obviously, the way you use your time, I mean, just go read the book of James. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. go read James, right? And, and That's it, a good resource. It's a great resource. Uh, it bears repeating. We've done this a little while. Always in the resource section, your Bible is to be the number one uh, first line of defense. I'll, I'll give Spurgeon's line again. I visited many great books, but I live in my Bible. That, that is to be the proper... Uh, breakdown of how you uh, work through those types of things. So I don't know that I have anything specifically to offer on that one. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up, let's maybe hear again from Ephesians four twenty nine, not in the King James, but maybe in uh, in something that flows a little easier. And that would be uh, and here we go. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear.